0: You're listening to the B-Side Podcast on Brick Radio. If you like what you hear, or think there's an artist or band we should have in the studio, let us know in the comments. Otherwise, sit back, relax, tune in, and turn on. Passionate, ethereal, alluring, Adesua of the acclaimed duo Denisha and Scene mixes moody melodies with velvety vocals and emo lyrics that for many fans come with their very own hashtag, Swoon. But what's really cool is that just as her career prepares for a big launch, she decided to stop by and have an exclusive Heart to Heart with us first. I am your host, Queen God is, and you, Brooklyn, are in for another glorious, notorious ride on B-side. Keep it close. That song was called Hot, Hot Water. Water you and got the it. band is called Adesua. And the title of the song is a, a great kind of leap into this first quote that I want to start with and ask okay. you about. Like Tea in the Winter, her music is something everyone needs right now. And that's a quote from Maya Lewis from an article that The Fader did about you. Well, today was kind of a warm day in Brooklyn, but I think that the quote still stands. What do you think about that? Your music being described as something everyone needs right now.
1: I mean, that's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, 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 totally. I think that's really cool, and I'm glad that she feels that way. I'm glad that it's something that feels like a nice blanket. You know, like something they can carry with them and something that's just like enjoyable. kind of helps grease the wheels if you, in the day. If you had
0: to describe yourself to someone who had never heard of you before, maybe not from the States, what would you say in your most okay. like, creative, poetic thought.
1: Describing oh, yeah. myself in a creative, poetic yes. way. All right. Definitely kind of ethereal and a little moody and ambient, mm-hmm. but soulful.
0: Soulful. And is there an artist that you need? Like, if mm. this artist did not exist, like, you just couldn't go on. Is there such oh, wow. an artist for you?
1: wow. this is a good one. Damn.
0: Who is your hot water or your tea?
1: Okay, okay. Couple of people. Can I do a couple of people? Sure, you can. All right, cool. I feel like Jeff Buckley is my tea. Mm-hmm. Billie Holiday team. is some good tea. Mm-hmm. Those couple are pretty good.
0: Jeff Buckley and Billie, Billie Holiday.
1: Holiday. I'm sure there's some other people. Beach House. Yes. It's definitely... A my cup of tea mm-hmm. see what I did there you see
0: what you did there oh, see no. I'm glad that you know we got this thing going <laughs> right off the bat yeah exactly uh, for those of you just tuning in this is Denisha Odesawa Odiji. Wow. and the band happens to be named after your middle name which is Adesua. you are part Nigerian descent and I read somewhere so correct me if I'm wrong that Adesua means surrounded by prosperity It's true. Okay. So, in that vein, you are surrounded by a form of prosperity because having a good band is definitely a source of like just wealth and like greatness, especially in Brooklyn. Let's introduce them. Okay, you ready Mm -hmm. for that? I'm ready for that. All right. Here on background vocals, we have the lovely Alaiki.
1: She's amazing. Give it up. Yeah, you guys can clap. Yeah. You guys can join in on the phone. This is Brad Williams, my co producer and excellent guitarist. This is uh, Amari Acosta on the drums, yeah. and this is Mr. Nolan Tees on the synth bass and also
0: the keyboards. Yeah. Synth, bass. Welcome, thank you for for being here and for the beautiful music. Let's give a little background for people who may not know. You are most popularly known, at least in recent times, as being part of a duo with Denisha and Scene. You left yourself and a young man named Scene and you met in a very interesting kind of way. Maybe it's not so unique in Brooklyn anymore. There are all of these hubs and spaces where people are kind of connecting and and, you know uh, forming bonds. But it was a place called the Clubhouse. Yeah. and I just want to talk about what that is a little bit. Where is it? What it is, and like, how did that kind of influence this musical sound that came out, and then how that transitioned into AdeSwe the new, okay. the new thing.
1: Cool. Yeah, the Clubhouse is a place where I used to live in South Brooklyn, mm-hmm. in Ditmas Park. It was like a four-story, like Victorian home that, like, I just kind of fell into when I first moved to New York City mm-hmm. from Texas. It's like all artists, visual artists, musical artists, and that is where I learned from the people that lived there, my peers, like how to produce music. Like I just really started digging in with how to make sounds and like experimenting with sounds. And the first day that I moved there, I met Scene. We had like a party, a house party, and I was playing and singing and I met Scene and we connected. And so down the line, we started making music together. Eventually this young man also moved into the house like a year afterwards. And he started like doing some mixes and like kind of just like showing me some different things on like how to engineer. So I just learned a lot. It was like definitely like an incubator for me. As an artist, I just learned a ton and like started experimenting. And that's when I wrote a lot of the songs that you're gonna hear today. And most of the songs that are on the EP, I kind of like started writing them there. Then eventually I handed them off to my friend Brad to mix and co-produce
0: with me and that's how that happened and that's how that happened yeah well brooklyn is full of high rent but also some really nice surprises (laughs) beyond the high rent let's take that into another song so people can get a feel for just kind of what came out of the brooklyn living experience this next song is called one only you got it thank you I travel. You are from H-Town. That's and then true. You did a stint in Nashville and then that yep. landed you here in Brooklyn yep. and then you traveled between a duo to now this ensemble here. Yep. There's something about movement and maybe energetically for you and also content-wise. Talk to us about that.
1: Yeah, that's true. A deswa means to make progress. To make progress. So I feel like Mm-hmm. Maybe I've internalized some of that somehow. Mm-hmm. And I'm always looking for ways to take things to the next level or move it forward or be better or do something different. It's like on the radio I heard the other day that there's like three different kinds of New Yorkers. There's like the native mm-hmm. New Yorker, there's like the business New Yorker, and then there's the one that comes here questing for something. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm like questing. Still? Yeah. What, like what, it, there's what is a that satisfaction that, in
0: it. Do you have any idea of what it is that you're seeking? I think that them. it's
1: something that is always like it's right now. Like I'm questing for something that is happening right now. Like I'm here with you. Mm-hmm. We're doing this TV here in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. which is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm here with my buds and we're like doing the best that we can like right now. Okay. You know?
0: So seeking the present moment. Yeah. Okay. Cuz there's always a present moment that yeah. we have to What what is home? Where is home? what feels like home. So who Houston you still consider? H-down, yeah, for sure, the because south? that's where my family is, yeah, you that's know? Where they are.
1: That's where my peeps are and like that's where it's like people who have known me since I wasn't, you know? Well,
0: let's talk about each of these three places. Houston, Nashville, Brooklyn. Tell me a little bit about how each place has like impacted what you're doing now um, in maybe positive and maybe not so positive ways.
1: Yeah, definitely. I feel like, you know, I grew up in Houston. I left there when I was like 16 Mm -hmm. to go to school, but that's where my family is, and they're so supportive Mm -hmm. and so important to me, and that's where I heard my first music. My mom is a huge Al Green fan. We used to listen to tons of Smokey Robinson, and also a lot of like classic country music, and 90s -hmm. country music. My grandmother loves country music. So I feel like being brought up there like really solidified a lot of my influences still. And then when I went to Nashville, that's when I like really got into like roots music and like Americana and really just playing a lot of acoustic guitar and like focusing on just the craft of writing songs. And you
0: were a teenager by the time you ended up in Nashville. Yeah, So right. were you just finding yourself, finding your way or were you in school, what was happening? Yeah,
1: I um, went to school a little early. So good. I left home and went to Vanderbilt University in okay, Nashville. Band-Aid, yeah, okay, you, you, know? you know it, mm-hmm. all right, cool. So I wanted to go there for a a bunch of different reasons, but also because it was a music city and I wanted to know what that was all
0: about. Always loved writing songs. Is that why you chose to go to school there? Because it was a music country? exactly. And so now Brooklyn, what are the pros and cons of being an official Brooklyn? How many years have you been here? Okay, so I've lived in New York City for six
1: years, but I kind of snuck out on y'all, and I now live in Rockaway Beach. Oh.
0: <laughs> just a few Stop months ago, I know, it's like, all right, pack it up. Rockaway Beach, oh goodness, okay. It's so, just across the water from okay. Brooklyn. Yeah, just across the water. Yeah, exactly. And no one ever, but go ahead,
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, but you know, listen, I've learned so many things in Brooklyn, and all my friends live in Brooklyn, and that's where I like. I go there every day to work on something.
0: Okay. Alright we're gonna come back to this Brooklyn question because oh, okay, we need she's to make mad, it okay, official cool. for knowing <laughs> i But <laughs> since we talked about movement and travel I think that's a great segue into the next song which is called Coach Class. Hey good Let's one,
2: that's
0: it.
1: true.
2: it's true. i
0: Escape on this conversation about Brooklyn. I just need to clear up something real quick before we move on. We're totally gonna move on. We will. Understand. So, how long did you spend in Brooklyn? Five years. Five years. Is That right? Okay. Yes, about five years. Anything over three, you're official. No, I got the cred. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you so much, so the show can go on. The show can All right, absolutely okay, go on. Now. Let's talk about your sound. Um, cool. Let's get into it a little bit more. It's been described as actually so many different things. And I think what was interesting, when I first started, I asked you if you could describe yourself. And you were like, well, me the person or me the artist? And yeah. I thought that was a brilliant question from you because of a couple reasons. When you open up your mouth and you sing, like at the opening of the show, we said it's moody, it's emo, it's velvety, like it's all of these things. It reminds me of like one of my favorite artists, which is Sade, where she just hits a timbre and like an energy that a lot of people cannot do. And that's really special. But then you, the person, when you came, you gave me a high five, you know, like we all have different layers inside, Right. But from taking you in as the person and then hearing you sing, I can see there's a difference. How would you, Describe that relationship between the self and the artist.
1: Okay, that's a good question. I've been described as a cool nerd. Cool nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, a dork. Uh-huh. I think that, like, I'm a playful person. You know, I like to have fun mm-hmm. and laugh and joke around. But there's also kind of like this little romantic inside.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, have some feelings. Let's talk you know. about the first moment you actually, cool. you heard yourself sing. We always talk about like when other people hear us sing and give us the validation or say, mm. So when you first like really heard yourself sing, like you you just took it in. Some people hear themselves sing and it cringe, you know? What did you hear? And were you like, oh, who's that? Or, oh, wow, I can do that. What was that moment like? Okay, so
1: I used to have this little tape recorder. Mm -hmm. And when I was writing songs, I was probably like 11 or 12 or something, and I would sing into it. I thought it sounded horrible, you know? I just thought like, okay, what is this? But whatever, I like doing it. Mm -hmm. It was like more of an internal thing than an external thing. I didn't think that I sounded great or good or anything until like way down the line.
0: Like way down, like past teenhood? Yeah,
1: Mm. for sure. Wasn't until years later that I like really thought like,
0: hey man, this might
1: sound kind of good.
0: And what about your family? The first time they heard you, were they like stay in school? initially difficult to get the stamp of approval from family.
1: Well, my mother was sort of like more of the enforcer, you know, mm-hmm. and she's Creole from Louisiana, and she's always been very supportive of me doing what I'm passionate about. My family, all of the people in my family raised me, you know, including my stepfather and my grandparents and my aunts and uncles. They all raised me and they all wanted me to just be the best that I could be. They wanted me to go to college. They wanted me to make great grades. You know, my mother just, she only wanted to see A's, but she always said to me, do what you're passionate about. There's nothing worse than going to work every day and
0: hating your job. Yeah. Love your job. Do what you want to do, do what you love, and that's why I'm in this Do you love today. your job? I love my job. And if you weren't doing this job, what job would you be doing? I would probably be cooking. Cooking? Yeah, yeah. what's your favorite dish?
1: Well, you know, I do some pretty crazy things with tofu. Okay. Some delicious things. Are you vegetarian? I'm a pescatarian.
0: Pescatarian, But okay. I trying to lean on the vegetarian side. Okay. Well, we give a gentle high five to everyone who can really hook up tofu, because sometimes it's that same face, like when you can't sing. We really also want to just acknowledge, again, and I do this every show, every time someone tells me a story about their family, where that initial moment, where well, it's not just so much validation, but it's motivation, inspiration to just, an affirmation of just saying like, do your best, be your best, continue to strive, but to stay connected to what makes you happy. I think that when people are happy, it's a much better world and definitely a much better Brooklyn. <laughs> Cause we know yeah, sometimes Brooklyn sure. struggles. Let's talk about the album. So. Okay, cool. We started with Denisha and Scene and you have an EP called Airlight. Yep. There's this theme of light that pops up throughout that. You have firelight, wild light. What is it about this album? Like, what statement does it make? What does it mean for you? And what is the symbolism of light? Okay.
1: Well, before I was um, doing the and scene thing, I was doing the Denisha thing, right? And I was kind of doing this troubadour thing, writing songs, very stripped down, acoustic minimal. Then and scene happened, and we've had just a great run, doing a lot of like electro pop and, during that time when that project was taken off, I was writing these songs in my bedroom that were just more like just intimate and just me like trying to figure out what I was trying to say. Mm. So air light is a concept that I started thinking about years ago. And when I was like making tracks and like demoing songs, to me everything that stood out was just like that it was airy and it was full of light and that was what I was like going for. It's like I wanted to just live like where it felt bright and airy. Okay. And so when Brad and I put this EP together, I was like, that's what this is, it's the Airlight Project, and that's what I want to invoke, and that's what I want people to
0: feel. And what's been the response so far? The response has been awesome. Like,
1: people are listening to it, my friends really like it, my folks really like it. So, and we're having a good time building off of it. So,
0: I think it's been good.
1: It's been a great response. I think
0: it's been great. Um, cool. It, sound, it feels good, it sounds good, and we want to hear more of it. This next Thank song is called you. A Place to Be. I'm happy that even as you're seeking, that clearly you're finding a place where you feel that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, let's like, like share that. Okay, let's <laughs> do that. A place to be. All right, cool. Thank you. aha moments. What are the aha moments that you've had in this journey of your wisdoms, insights, things that really changed your life by doing this work?
1: Wow okay like I said I was writing these songs living in the clubhouse doing a bunch of things but kind of coming home and writing songs and I didn't know what to do with them. There was a lot of songs that we chose from. And handing them off to Brad Williams who's just such a talented producer and mix engineer. And he would like send me back the tunes after he would add some stuff. And he was like, is it cool if I just add some stuff? And I'm like, dude, yes. Like please add some things. And send it back to me. And it was kind of like this cool affirmation, like having someone that I really respect and trust, like reflect back onto me, like this is like how far we can go with this. Like this is how dope this can sound. And like it was just cool. So that was kind of like an aha moment. And I think just building the, the live band has just been really Awesome, and I'm really stoked. And this next song that we're gonna play was actually kind of the reason why I decided this has to be a thing. Mm. We gotta do this.
0: So, after you were in the studio recording this song, this is what sealed the deal for you? Yeah, life? I was
1: writing the songs in Brooklyn, and then I went home to stay in Houston at my mom's house mm-hmm. for a little while, right? And I was just writing songs in this extra room that she had, and something about veering off or feeling like I was kind of floating and like, having this faith that like everything's gonna be like how it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And like I wrote this song and I was like, do this the song. And when I sent it to Brad, he was like, yo, we gotta do this.
0: Mm -hmm. And do you feel that way? That everything is gonna be what it's supposed to be? I feel like we're just like, I'm like right where I'm supposed to be right now. Mm -hmm. Where am I supposed to be? Well, let's talk more about the process. So you are writing the songs, but you're also producing some of the music and then completing it with the collaborative process What is that like? I mean, we're in an era right now where people are like, hit play and repeat the same line over and over. This is a little bit more invested than that. Do you feel drawn to one portion of the songwriting process than the other or the song creation process? Do you feel more of a lyricist? Do you feel more of a producer? Do you feel equal parts both?
1: I feel like both parts are equally, extremely important. I feel like the right lyric really like makes a song. And then putting it in like the right clothes is like the producing and like making it feel right. So I feel like they're both like on the same level as far as importance.
0: And, and which one do you spend the most time doing?
1: <sighs> Probably writing the lyrics, yeah. yeah. Writing the actual song. Cause it's like if you don't have a song then like you, you ain't got nothing.
0: How long did, you know know does I mean? it take you about for each song to feel like you really got to a place of completion with it?
1: Oh, it varies. Mm-hmm. It varies. Like, there was one song on the EP that, you know, I kind of, like, made this beat to and threw down, like, some keys and, like, a little key bass. And it took me, like, maybe two takes, but I just kind of wrote a stream of consciousness. Right. But then, you know, other songs took me a while. I would kind of, like, live with it and then come back and revise it. So it kind of varies, you know?
0: Well, we're going to talk about this more, as I think process really is important. Yes or no, real quick, do you consider yourself a poet? No. OK. Let's go into the next song, and yeah. let's see if we breathe. <laughs> Let's talk about this sound. So another journalist said that Adesoy, which is the name of the band here, is your avatar. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds cool. Um, cool. That it's kind of a representation, maybe a larger than life or a unique representation of some aspect of who you are. They go on to describe you as R&B sometimes, electro soul sometimes, smooth pop, alternative, maybe a little trippy, and then some country influences. What do you think about genrefication, you know? And if you had to choose, with some instances, we have to, like, pick one, right? Which one do you pick?
1: It's so many genres that you just talked about. Mm-hmm. I feel like it kind of just goes in this alternative basket. Because, yeah. like, you can call stuff alternative and it could be anything
0: you know a lot of artists say they just play what they feel and so sometimes that just is the whole gamut but one thing i was most intrigued by was the use of r&b first of all nobody writes r&b in their bio anymore because i don't think people even really know what it is yeah, anymore yeah, totally. it's like how, who do you identify as So r&b so i thought that that was really sweet that that was actually in your bio it was actually directly referenced what do you think about r&b and how does this land as R&B for you? Well, stuff that I consider R&B, I love it. Um, what do you consider R&B or who do you consider R&B? And Marvin Gaye. Okay, now let's come to this generation. Yeah. Are there any artists that you can help us identify that would fit in that category,
1: just so that we're clear? Oh man, it's so hard because it's such a different thing now. I feel like Erica Badu does some R&B mm-hmm. stuff, but I mean her genre is so wide, mm-hmm. I feel like Miguel touches on some R&B things. I think that the R&B thing maybe comes from like people's context of like music that I have done, but also maybe from some of the melodies.
0: Yeah, I mean, and there's definitely rhythm and there's definitely some blues undertones in there. So it's not far-fetched. It's just that sometimes it gets a little sketchy for some folks in this (laughs) particular generation. We wanna get into another song so that we have time to ask a couple more questions. Let's do it, guys. had a really rich experience, and it was dreamy, it was down-tempo, and if you agree, I wanted to make some noise. It was dope. I'd like to say thank you very, very, very much to our very special guest, Adesua. Thank you. And may your vision and vocals bless a million ears and touch a million more hearts. And as our very own BK ambassador would say, may you continue to spread love because it is the Brooklyn way. So for those of you at home who are moved and want to hear more, you can catch past episodes of B-Side on our YouTube channel, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at B-SideBK. I am your host, Queen God Is, and not only does good music still exist, but it inspires and it heals. The B-Side Podcast is produced by Charlie Hoxie, Keisha Cole, Ro Johnson, and Sasha Mathias. Recorded by Onel Mulette and edited by Emily Boghossian. For more information on B-Side and all Brick Radio podcasts, visit brickartsmedia.org radio.
2: Even if I were to get lost, i find my way.